Springfield's Talk 104.1, and a good morning, everyone. My name is Nick Reed. We are broadcasting live from our Friday Road Show. That's right, everyone. We are here at Scramblers, and uh, 4 to 6, we have a happy hour. It's a very special happy hour, a number of different things. Aside from just getting together and having a great time, I think this will be our first happy hour since we announced and began registration for a great escape it sold out but that being said a cam was able to finagle a couple of more seats uh on the flight and then a couple of more junior suites at the all-inclusive resort in punta cana dominican republic and so uh, we haven't pushed that a tremendous amount but that is available if you just missed the boat the first time around uh, so I know a lot of you who go on the Great Escapes every so often. You come to the happy hours, some more than others. But it'll be a great chance for us to get together and get all excited about it. Uh, Cam is going to be dropping by. She told me that she's got some information regarding a catamaran excursion. Uh, so you may want to be there for that. Now, this isn't just for, obviously, Great Escape folks. Uh, but it's just a little added uh, bonus for those Great Escape people to get together uh also uh, we have for gosh i guess five or six weeks been talking about the upcoming private showing of the burbs at alamo draft house tomorrow and that was a win-only ticket situation for our private showing we have a uh, a pair or two of of uh passes for that because you can't buy them it's giveaway only win only and we will be giving those away at happy hour tonight retro metro so stop by get registered for that and you may uh win and if so you can join us tomorrow uh at the uh the event and uh i think we're going to start it at one o'clock the showing but you can get there at 12 30 12 45 or so and it's going to be a great time. If you haven't seen the movie, I think you're going to love it. If you have, you know that it is a great movie. Um, all right, so a couple of things that uh, we'll obviously be talking about today. Um, <laughs> Mayor Adams of New York is realizing what happens if you do something that could be harmful to the reelection chances of the President of the United States. This is just so absolutely perfect. Uh, as you know, Eric Adams has been pitching a pretty public fit about illegal immigration and all of these. He's, he's come so far out as to say, uh, this is going to destroy our city. And while a lot of these Democrats who run these cities have tried to blame Republicans for it, the American people are laying blame where it belongs. Polling shows that this is just a devastating blow to the Biden administration and to Democrats, that they are the ones that are rightfully so getting the blame for it. And the the plan for Eric Adams to go to the White House and to Congress in order to highlight this problem he was on his way. He had to cancel. Do you know why? He had to cancel because Biden's FBI raided one of his top people's home. I'm sure the timing of this is just absolutely coincidental. I, I, it's just 
such poor timing. The timing of this is deliberate. And while some people may look at it and think to themselves, I can't believe they'd be so obvious. That's the point. The point is to make sure everyone understands compliance. The point is everyone understands that there is a chosen power, uh, you know, whether it's an individual or a party, it depends on the circumstances. And if you defy it, if you get in the way of the establishment, they want you to know they will come after you. And Eric Adams is realizing being a Democrat does not give you complete immunity if you may be harmful to another Democrat that's more powerful than you. So the details of uh, what we know from this raid that caused him to cancel his plans, much covered plans, to go to the White House and to Congress to highlight the problem with illegal immigration in this country, that coming up next as we kick things off this morning. Scramblers, the Friday Road Show, latest news update. I'm Nick Reed. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Another delay has hit the Kansas Expressway Extension Project. Plainview Road will remain closed for another two weeks. It was supposed to open on Wednesday. The project will extend Kansas Expressway almost to the Green Christian County line, but work has been delayed several times due to issues like misplaced internet cables being discovered underground. The Kansas extension from a public road to Plainview will officially open sometime between November 15th and the end of the year. The man who set a fire inside a Springfield sporting goods store will spend three years in prison. Robert Ruffner pled guilty to setting fire to a clothing on a rack at Academy Sports in order to create a diversion so he could shoplift merchandise. Police tracked down Ruffner after footage showed him running from the store and entering a nearby library center. Ruffner admitted to police he just got off parole for first-degree robbery and had spent nine years in prison. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine with a high today of 65, overnight low 46. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high of 65. And then Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 70. All right, coming up, FBI raids the home of New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, this can be deceiving because we we note the two-tiered justice system, right? We note that, well, if you have a D next to your name, you don't have to worry about such things. Yet Eric Adams, a Democrat, well, yes. But the, the Democrat label only is a get-out-of-jail-free card if you're playing the game. If you do something so damaging as to highlight... The problems of the Democrat administration, you better believe you are going to suffer a wrath greater than any Republican ever will. A traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs, big, small, everything in between as we do get to that weather, winter weather. I've long been a believer, I think science backs me up on this, that when you hit a sheet of ice, it doesn't matter what your tires are. It doesn't matter whether they're bald, whether they're brand new, whether they're expensive, whether they're cheap. You hit ice, ice is ice. But once you get off the ice and your vehicle's out of control and you get to non-ice turf, right, hopefully the road itself, that's where the tires make a difference. This can be the difference between whether, well, it's the amount of time it takes for you to get back under control, possibly. It can be the difference between some sort of 
of uh, uh, very expensive and perhaps damaging accident uh, versus, oh, man, that was close. I just pooped my pants. Tires are designed to operate a certain way, and as time goes on, that diminishes. Not only that, but they're meant to fit on your vehicle a certain way. And so make sure that they're ready for winter. Make sure that you're balancing, you're rotating, everything is, is, is where it needs to be, and that they are ready for winter. Next time you take them in, A1 Custom Car Care, ask them to once over it for you to make sure that you are ready for the inclement weather. Once it does come, that's A1 Custom Car Care. FBI agents yesterday raided the Brooklyn, New York home of New York City Mayor Eric Adams fundraising chief Brianna Suggs as they investigate whether Adams' 2021 election campaign conspired with the Turkish government to receive illegal foreign donations. Ah, so now we have shifted from Russian uh, election interference and collusion to Turkish collusion. I guess they figured that they're, they save uh, accusations of Russian collusion for Republicans. Uh, apparently for Democrats, it's Turkish collusion. The mayor, who was on his way to Washington, D.C. at the time to speak with White House officials and members of Congress about the disastrous border crisis, was immediately forced to turn around and head back home due to the raid. Adams spoke with a news outlet Thursday, and although he didn't discuss the specifics of the case, he said he was extremely comfortable with his campaign conduct. Quote, I feel extremely comfortable about how I comply with rules and procedures. I hold myself to a high standard, I hold my campaign to a high standard, and I hold my staff at City Hall to a high standard. I'm very clear that it is my responsibility to hold myself to a high standard, and I will comply with any inquiry that is made, and I'm demanding that my team do the same. The investigation burst into public view yesterday when federal agents conducted the early morning raid at the Brooklyn home of the mayor's chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. Ms. Suggs is a campaign consultant deeply entwined with efforts to advance the mayor's agenda. Investigators who sought to learn more or also, rather, sought to learn more about the potential involvement of a Brooklyn construction company with ties to Turkey, as well as a small university in Washington, D.C. that also has ties to Turkey and to Mayor Adams. According to the search warrant, investigators were also focused on whether the mayor's campaign kicked back benefits to the construction company's officials and employees and Turkish officials. Adam's day obviously did not go as planned. He was just minutes away, minutes away from arriving at the White House, meeting with officials in D.C. when the raid began. Adams abruptly canceled the meeting, flew directly back to New York City. Agents seized multiple iPhones and two laptops, as well as a, quote, manila folder labeled Eric Adams. (laughs) It's like a Trump raid. I'm surprised they didn't discover and post photos of an envelope that says, bad illegal things, do not look if you are the FBI. The manila folder labeled Eric Adams, seven contribution card binders as well. It is unclear if Adams is personally targeted in the investigation. Adams posted this video on social media right before he was set to meet at the White House. Uh, (laughs) All right, so a couple of things. Do we know? 
that Adams and Adams campaign is innocent and, and this is all some sort of setup. We have no idea. I mean, he is a Democrat after all, and it's a Democrat in New York after all. Generally speaking, one, as an elected official, particularly a Democrat, does not succeed unless they are corrupt. That's just the way that it is. It isn't to say that there aren't good, honest people who run for office in a blue city of a blue state. They just don't ever go anywhere. Because when you're up against corruption, it is a very, 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 very difficult thing to overcome. So just the sheer odds of the fact that Adams is somebody from New York, he is a Democrat from New York, and he ascended to the high office of mayor in New York, suggests that he probably, or at least his campaign to some degree, is corrupt. But we don't know, because this is an administration that has clearly demonstrated, with the usage of the Department of Justice and the FBI, guilt and innocence is irrelevant. That is not how this department is utilized, particularly when it comes to anything of a political nature. This is how these things generally work. You have, you've got a political landscape, and let's say, let's say Eric Adams let's just say for a moment that all of these charges are true. That Eric Adams and his campaign, they're doing kickbacks to construction companies and they're doing kickbacks to the Turkish government or whatever. There's some sort of of collusion going on there that is illegal. What will generally happen is this is absolutely fine with the administration. In fact, it's preferred Because this means that they have a tool they can use against you. You know, a lot of people believe or they'll scratch their heads about Biden getting into the White House. And they, as we learned that the FBI and the CIA and all these different organizations, they all knew well ahead of time how corrupt Joe Biden was. I mean, these informants, these confidential human informants, of which we've learned there were over 40 of them, that date back to when Biden was vice president of the United States. And the the revelations that people that are higher up, quote, shut the investigations down. And this is believed to have been done for the sole purpose of protecting Joe Biden. But it isn't so much about protecting Joe Biden. It is about having someone in the White House that they can ultimately call the shots over. I suspect that the shutting down of these investigations was just shutting them, you know, shutting the investigations down in terms of legitimate investigations because they already knew they had the dirt on Biden. And if you are a deep state apparatus, whatever division you're in, and you are accustomed to the idea that you, you, you know best. And things should run exactly the way you want them to run. What better president to have in the White House than one that at any given moment you have dirt on that you can present to them? It has long 
been understood that this was a great power that J. Edgar Hoover wielded over the Kennedy administration. Was, was the, the knowledge and the evidence and the proof of all of the extramarital affairs and all of these other things, not just with, with Kennedy, but with his brother, Attorney General Kennedy. And that it was something that at any given time when the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover wanted something that they did not feel was in the best interest of the administration or, the, or whatever the reason or rationale behind it was, they, he had that little card to pull out. Oh, yeah? This is how their you know, attempts to manipulate Martin Luther King Jr., our government having audio tapes of him, having orgies with women in hotel rooms, potential illegalities, but they don't use it until they need to use it. And so if, in fact, you know, the best way to put this is, Something doesn't have to be untrue for it to also be political. So in other words, let's say that Adams' campaign is guilty of these things that the FBI decided to raid his, his campaign person's home over. That, that doesn't mean that raiding the home wasn't political. It doesn't mean that it has been known for a very long time. And frankly, in fact, I believe that it, that there is a hope and a desire when you see these Democrats, uh, Joe Biden being one of them. This is the benefit of having corrupt individuals win office because the more corrupt they are and the more you know about their corruption that isn't made public, the more power you have over them. And so that allows you Let's just say, for example, here you're the mayor of New York City. Biden is already facing some internal calls to not run for the presidency a second time around. Last week, a, a, you know, another Democrat, this time a member of Congress, announcing he's challenging Biden. The polling numbers show that in all of the areas that Biden is underwater, the border is a huge one. And here you have a Democrat, Democrat of New York City, not some right-wing Republican, not some racist, that is headed to Washington, D.C., and cameras are going to be in tow, the media is going to be there to go to the White House to say this is a disaster, the border policies are a disaster, then to go to Congress and to talk about the exact same thing, and that morning, that morning the FBI raids the home of one of his top campaign people forcing him to turn around and abandon that effort to draw attention to the horrific failure of Biden's border policies? Who really believes it's a coincidence? This isn't just to protect Biden and put Adams in his place. This is a message to everyone, just as... Everyone has been given the repeated message about Trump and about what happens if you do not obey, you do not work within the confines of what the establishment wants you to work within. They will come after you. They will destroy you. They will destroy your family if need be. If Adams continues to push this and he continues you know, to push the... the the spotlight onto the 
border failures of the Biden administration, whatever family Eric Adams has, and I'm not familiar with, I don't know, he may have hardly any at all, but if he does, they will come after them next. They did it with General Flynn. We've over the last couple of weeks seen Donald Trump's family being drug into court, forced to testify. It's like any other psychopath that is trying to get you to comply and be obedient when they've used tactics against you that you refuse to give in, then they go for your family because they recognize that while you know uh, plenty of people, particularly men, they will hell or high water, you can throw me in prison. The moment you start coming after their wife, the moment you start coming after their kids, they know that that is generally the breaking point. So we'll watch all this play out, won't we? Springfield's Talk 1041, live from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. What Eric Adams is perhaps discovering as the home of one of his top campaign aides was raided by the FBI as Adams was on his way to Washington, D.C. to highlight the disastrous border policies of the Biden administration. The, and these timings are not, the, the coincidental timings are not anything unusual or, or new. Um, when the left-wing journalist for, I forget which publication, but he had testified before Congress regarding all the Twitter files in which we learned that the Biden administration, uh, through the use of a number of different divisions, FBI being one of them, was uh, using its power to censor free speech on the Internet. And when that left-wing journalist was testifying, while he was testifying before Congress, the FBI raided his home. So th- this isn't anything new. This is a tactic that is used in totalitarian regimes to send a message. And I think what Adams is learning here is a lesson that... I first heard expressed in a documentary centered around the rise of of Hugo Chavez, the dictator of Venezuela at the time. And there was an interview with a journalist who was friendly with communism, friendly with the administration. But he also was, to some degree, honest when it came to corruption and wrote articles that sometimes were not flattering to Hugo Chavez, and he explained in the documentary that the only people that he realized needed to fear speaking out against the dictatorship, against Hugo Chavez, more than than political opposition, were political allies. That while political opposition clearly had to fear the full use of the government being used to clamp them down. If you were somebody that was part of the same party that was considered an ally and you spoke out, there was a special level of of venom set aside for you when they would come after you for the purposes of punishment. And perhaps Eric Adams is going to learn this lesson. Springfield's Talk 1041 continuing the live broadcast this morning. We have happy hour retro metro 4 to 6 this afternoon. Come have food, come have drinks, get yourself registered. We got uh, one last chance for you to win tickets to our private showing of the Burbs at Alamo, Alamo Draft House tomorrow. Uh, so that uh, is a final opportunity for some of you. Uh, at Retro Metro 4 to 6 this afternoon. I'm Nick Reed, traffic update. 
Let's have a look at that first alert forecast, shall we? Sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. From Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sunshine 65 today, tonight partly cloudy, 46 for a low, sun 65 tomorrow, and Sunday mostly sunny with a high of 70. Watching the media try desperately to find anything that they can in political opposition that they can use against him or her at times becomes amusing and comical. The new attack that they have launched against Speaker Mike Johnson is that he's not rich. I kid you not. There must be something wrong with him because he hasn't been lining his pockets. He has not been utilizing his position as a member of Congress to you know, buy up stocks and then amazingly sell them at just the right time or buy them at the right time. This is something, you know, there's actually, or I don't know if it's still functional, but there was an app that was developed in order to track the stock purchases and sell sales of I think it was Nancy Pelosi's husband because he had this amazing track record of buying stock low right before there would be some sort of legislation passed or some new regulation or tax credits or something that the government would do that would benefit that company causing the price of the stock to skyrocket and vice versa. He had this amazing knack of selling stock right before there would be some sort of legislation passed or government uh, action that would cause a great devaluation of the stock. And so people began following him because they knew, and everyone knows why, inside information, which, by the way, is not illegal. There's certain reporting requirements and so forth, but these rules are not followed. Everyone knows that they're not followed, but they're, you know, what you and I in the private sector are not allowed to do, which is known as insider trading, that is buying or selling stock based off of information we have that is going to occur that could impact the stock that the general public does not have. That's illegal. People go to prison for it. In Congress, they can do this. They can, if they know that legislation's coming down the pike or there is talk about some new regulation that's going to do harm or there's some massive government contract that's going to go to some company that's going to cause stock to rise, they, they can buy that low and then watch it skyrocket high. Well, apparently, House Speaker Mike Johnson... He- He's not into this game for whatever reason. Maybe he doesn't know how to play it. Maybe he just doesn't believe in using his position in a way that private citizens would go to prison for. And so he doesn't have enough income to trigger what is required for members of Congress to report. There's a threshold that once you hit a certain point, you are supposed to report it. And he apparently doesn't ever hit that threshold. He lives off his paycheck, and his family lives. I think his wife works they off their pay, just sort of like normal people do. Well, this is clearly suspicious. This can't be normal. 
a number of left-wing outlets have written entire stories about this, how something's not right here. On the flip side, this is causing some Americans who recognize this, oh, so you mean he's like one of us. That That's what you're saying? He lives his life like most Americans do? This is supposed to be a bad thing? Gives you a real insight into how what they really think about the average American, doesn't it? Fox News reporting this morning that some Americans are rallying behind House Speaker Mike Johnson after the report nitpicked his personal finances and put a harsh spotlight on the possibility that he's not rolling in dough and lives paycheck to paycheck. The Daily Beast, left-wing publication, published a report headline, Does New Speaker of the House Mike Johnson Have a Bank Account? which featured a subhead that said, quote, he has never listed a bank account on his financial disclosure. In fact, on his newest disclosure, he doesn't list a single asset at all. You see, even socialists like Bernie Sanders have multiple homes. Daily Beast senior political reporter Roger Solenberger wrote, over the course of seven years, Johnson has never reported a checking or savings account in his name, nor in the name of his wife or any of his children disclosure show. See, if we've learned anything from Joe Biden, even your kids and your grandkids should have enough money rolling in, you know, from foreign countries or wherever, that you should have to do some reporting. Mike Johnson doesn't have any of that. They note, of course, it's unlikely Johnson doesn't actually... Uh, it's unlikely Johnson doesn't actually have a bank account. What's more likely is Johnson lives paycheck to paycheck so much so that he doesn't have enough money in his bank account to trigger the checking account disclosure rules for members of Congress. Many Americans rush to the Speaker's defense, with everyone from elected officials to cable news pundits responding when the article is shared on social media. Matt Gates of Florida noting the Daily Beast is furious that Speaker Johnson isn't rich, corrupt, or corrupt or rich from being corrupt. He doesn't have shady business dealings. He doesn't trade stocks as a congressman. Chip Roy of Texas added, so to extent uh, accurate, he's like a lot of Americans right now, while also navigating raising a large family. What a monster. Lauren Boebert of Colorado wrote, so the Daily Beast wants people to be mad that Speaker Johnson isn't corrupt and hasn't used his office to enrich himself. This is how out of touch these guys are. Author Tim Carney simply joked, quote, who let in the pores? Fox News contributor Joe Concha noted that there are a few things to unpack in the report. A, two-thirds of Americans right now can't even afford a $400 emergency. Members of Congress owning stock is something everyone from AOC to Josh Hawley are against for obvious reasons, and Johnson is eligible for congressional pension at 62. Adding, of course, we could have the Pelosi stock trades completely outperforming the S&P year after year while buying and selling companies that benefited from bills passed in the House. Yes, that would be far better than being an average person, correct? And th- this is something that has been noted. Johnson, he, he, people they say, well, doesn't he have a watch? It's irresponsible. He's not saving for retirement. He's got a pension because of the time he spent in Congress. So his retirement is taken care of. 
Now, I don't know how he lives, but this is going to be a newsflash for a lot of people as well. Not every person who lives in Congress sees it as something of a vehicle to enrich themselves. They're not all like, frankly, Joe Biden, where they are utilizing their position to figure out how they can extort money out of anyone and everyone under the sun in order to enrich themselves. There are some people who go into elected office just because they feel that there is a calling and that there is a need for good people to get elected and they don't really plan on changing their lifestyle, financially speaking, any more than it already is. What is, the, 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 what is also funny about this, there's so much, there's so much about this. All right, first off, the perspective, of, this is the perspective of the elites. And it really is the attitude of who let the poors in. Who let these poor people in? Who are they? What are they doing here? It has almost a Hunger Games culture feel to it. If you've ever read the Hunger Games or watched the Hunger Games, you have the people who live in the different cities that are the poor people. And then in Capital City, there it's all rich and opulent. And it's it never even crosses their mind that there would be a poor person amongst them like that who are you why are you here that is the level of elitism that is part of the culture to where it probably honestly genuinely strikes them as suspicious like he doesn't belong here It's also been revealed this week, there's this new book out regarding the Biden administration, and one of the, I think it was yesterday or the day before we talked about this, in the book it talks about how one of the reasons that Barack Obama picked Biden, now he claimed it was because of his foreign policy brilliance, but I think we all know that wasn't true, that it was because he, he didn't have any real money to his name. Uh, he's a he's one of those. I mean, you want to talk about somebody living paycheck to paycheck, but when they have all this money flowing in. But he felt as if the fact that Biden wasn't that great with money, didn't have a lot of money, didn't have all of these assets at the time when he was a U.S. senator, that that could be beneficial because it could take the uh, the 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 idea that. Obama was part of the elite, and Democrats were beginning to face this elitism personality trait and having lunch bucket Joe there, who doesn't have massive wealth at the time, and all of these different homes would help him appeal to the average American. So what Obama recognized in picking Joe Biden as an appeal to the average American, Mike Johnson, well, clearly something suspicious here. Something must be amiss. This is, once again, a snapshot of how different they are than we are. That not only, which I, I get it, you're, you're really, you know, you're in this elite club 
and you have the ability to make money in ways that other people do not have the ability to make money. But then at some point you get so out of tune you and, and so out of touch, you don't realize that presenting something like this before the public is really, really going to show that you're out of touch. It's one thing to be out of touch, but to know it versus being out of touch and being so out of touch, you don't even know you're out of touch. I would note a final thought on this. Mike Johnson, as this is being you know presented, as he's just a normal guy, he and his family live within normal means, and he also happens to be a member of Congress and now Speaker of the House. Whenever people, and I understand the instinct, say that, well, until Congress does this, or until... Congress does that. Members of Congress should not receive a paycheck. I understand the nobility oftentimes behind the the thought process, but there's a reality here. And the reality is that the only members of Congress that doing something like that would hurt are the members that haven't lined their pockets the members who haven't become so independently wealthy that a paycheck or two is irrelevant to them. When you look at, say, for example, that idea, and let's say, all right, well, they're not going to get paid until they do this. Do you think that that matters to Nancy Pelosi? It certainly would to somebody like Mike Johnson. And so it's one of the reasons that I've never really, uh, you know, not that it's an idea that anyone really seriously proposed uh, you know, to actually implement, but more of just to make a point. But even rhetorically, uh, that's the sort of thing that the really, really rich members of Congress, particularly those that have been there in a lifetime and lined their pockets uh, because of their positions, yeah, they're perfectly fine. If anything, it gives them leverage over people like Mike Johnson. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. Because Kamala Harris has completely, with great success, accomplished all of the feats that uh, and challenges, uh, jobs she's been given by the Biden administration, she is now in charge of Islamophobia. I know we went down the list one day, and I, I don't have it in front of me. People forget how many different jobs Kamala Harris has been given. Of course, border czar is the big one we think about, but she was also put in charge of uh, getting the, um, when the Democrats were in charge, it was, I think, House Bill 1, where they wanted to federalize all elections, um, take away the state's rights to run their own elections, and there was a, a legislative push by the left to do that. Kamala Harris was put in charge of getting that done. Thank goodness she didn't. She was put in charge, something to do with space, I remember, uh, as many of you probably do, where she went and sat down and talked with kids about the moon and things. I, I wish I had that list in front of me. There were probably eight different things that she had been given to take care of, to fix, to work on. 
um, AI. We've got that one licked. I don't know if you saw, but earlier this week, Biden went ahead and signed some legislation that Kamala Harris, she was standing right there with him because that was one of the jobs she was given as the world, some of the greatest, most intellectual minds, people who uh, think in a way that you and I cannot even begin to comprehend while they're grappling with how it is to deal with the AI situation. We decide Kamala Harris needs to be put in charge of it. And she evidently got that one taken care of because Biden signed something and now she's on to something else. And that is Islamophobia. And this is, by the way, how Joe Biden is confronting the wave of anti-Semitism in this country. They continue. This is clearly all political. As increasingly there is coverage about Biden's poll numbers cratering with the Islamic community, cratering, all of a sudden you have Biden calling for a ceasefire. Anytime there is any sort of coverage of the overwhelming number of attacks on Jewish people being uh, surrounding Jews on college campuses, threatening to kill Jews uh, uh, in high schools, parades through the hallways, uh, calling for the elimination of Jews, all of these things. When the White House gets asked, asked about it, they're like, well, you know about Islamophobia, right? Let's talk. They're the ones who really have it bad. And so Biden has decided to confront the wave of anti-Semitism by putting Kamala Harris in charge of Islamophobia. I hate, or I hope, for the sake of those who actually do have to deal with some form of Islamophobia, though it's not obviously widespread in this country, that Kamala Harris is more successful at that than she has been at anything else. Because best I can tell, she's batting zero for whatever. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Hey, everyone. My name is Nick Reed. This is the Friday Road Show. Broadcasting live from Scramblers, we have Happy Hour at Retro Metro 4 to 6. Your last chance to win tickets to our private showing of the Burbs at Alamo Draft House, which will be tomorrow. Uh, come by Retro Metro 4 to 6 with us as we hang out, have a great time, and your chance to win those tickets for that. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.